0: You're listening to Modern Marketing, a podcast brought to you by Influicity. At Influicity, we build brand communities that drive revenue. Learn more at Influicity.com. On today's episode, Influicity CEO John Davids talks with Ronalee Bayani, Chief Brand Officer at Who Gives a Crap. Okay, Ronalee, welcome to the show. Why don't you share your first insight?
1: First and foremost, thanks for having me and for having this dialogue. I think the first insight I would come out with is this notion of marketing transformation and the balance needed to build the plane while you fly it. There's an element of planning and precision that needs to be balanced with action and figuring things out while you go that is distinct to organizations that are going through marketing transformation. On the one hand, you need to move quickly in order to get the inertia to transform into the new way of doing things. On the other, you can't break it so fast that you don't have a foundation from which to move forward.
0: I was gonna say in the startup world, there's this ethos of building a startup is like jumping off a cliff and building the plane as you're falling. And that, mm-hmm. that sort of sounds like like what you're describing. Does this come from the experience at Who, Who Gives a Crap? Did you have an experience where you were building the plane as you were going?
1: Yeah. So for the first nine years, we were pretty much a D2C company with one brand really focused on performance marketing and driving our growth. In the last year and in one year's time, we have since launched into more of the omni-channel space, have gone into retail and in two of our geos in the UK and Australia. We've launched another brand, a personal care brand, good time. We have launched a brand campaign and we've done a whole brand refresh and brand architecture. And so all of this has happened simultaneously as we are growing the ways that consumers can experience us, the ways that consumers can actually get a hold of our products. And so it's one of those things where we're experiencing it now as we're building the plane and flying it.
0: Let me follow up with a question here because I've, I've yeah. got a... I, I was thinking of something as you were talking. So your background is... Los Angeles Rams, Hershey's, Visa, Taco Bell, really big established companies. And on the outside, I would look in and say, well, you never had an experience of building the plane while you flew. These are such established brands. A, is that true? Have have you gone through this rebuild while you're flying scenario? And if not, what was that like doing it for the first time?
1: That's a good question. On paper, it looks like I haven't. But... Realistically for the last 15 years and the last seven roles, I've only stepped into newly created roles. And so I've been a serial entrepreneur within these amazing brands. And the common thread was having to set a new vision, a new direction, something that's never been done before. And so I've consistently stepped into marketing transformation roles, not because I've sought them out, but more so because I've just Gravitated towards them. And, you know, that's the way I see the world. I see what can be. And then I love to help the organization shape our way forward to getting there. So, yes, I have had multiple experiences on building the plane while flying it. I think the difference and the nuances and the challenges come in is when you're coming in to do that, the rest of the organization hasn't necessarily experienced that. And so I'm able to bring in perspective and having done it before. And so I can kind of remain calm through the chaos of helping the organization get there. But in talking about that balance, it's really important to figure out how far you can go without breaking what's already great there and helping us as an organization move towards that direction while still holding on to the elements that we want to hold on to.
0: So to get into the weeds a little bit, I think of marketing, especially at, a, at an established company, as a series of proven channels that consistently generate predictable results. And so you've got television and search and social, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'd imagine that the scenario you're describing where you're building while flying is you might have you might be testing brand new channels as you're going or you actually might be discontinuing channels that were previously really good performers and now they're just gone so how do you on on a tactical level make sure that you're actually you know this thing doesn't come to a crashing halt while you are at the same time really experimenting and getting good data but keeping people maybe patient enough to say, let, let us try this. Give us some time on this.
1: I think it's a lot of communication. As silly as that sounds, it's quite basic. But that's the reality is you're bringing people along on the journey on what to expect and holding hands to say, hey, we're going to try this. This might break, but we're not going to get over that hump if we don't try a few new things. And so it's about getting everybody there and understanding what you can expect and what you can't expect. And then the other part of that is the time frame with which to expect things. And so that looks different for every industry and that looks different for every type of organization, but it comes down to some trust and communication.
0: Did you say that you also launched another brand, a sister brand who who gives a crap at the same time or was that already launched?
1: No, it happened during the time that I joined. We launched Good Time, which is our sister brand, and it's a personal care plastic-free personal care products. And so what's great is we have this amazing wealth of customers who just keep coming back our nps scores are fantastic better than i've ever seen in any other business and so we wanted to be able to bring other products with the same ethos to our customers and help our customers grow in their eco journey and so we were able to launch good time but as you can imagine when you're focused on one brand navigating how to also Think about growing multiple brands and scaling is a whole new skill and and memory muscle, if you will, that we're building within the organization.
0: And so, how's that been going? How how is it repositioning? Who gives a crap while also launching this new thing? Have have you had any major speed bumps, or have things gone better than expected?
1: Yes, and yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I think we we realize it's harder than it seems in terms of really connecting the dots strategically from a long-term perspective it's probably we've learned a lot along the way and so now what we're trying to do is figure out how to take the ongoing learnings to be able to feed into the iterations that we need to do in order to continue to be as relevant and meaningful for our customers as possible at the end of the day i think marketing has a bad rap It's just about being relevant with your customers. And so if you do that right, then it's a little bit more natural. It feels a little bit more of what our consumers would expect and you would want them to expect from us.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Influicity. Since 2015, we've been building brand communities that drive revenue. First, we did it through influencers. Then we added podcasts. Today, we work with world-class brands to build, optimize, and run breakthrough programs that create and capture demand. It's time to stop renting your influence and start owning it. Learn more at Influicity.com.
1: So it's a journey. We have grown our GoodTime brand in a way that has surprised us in many respects. And we've learned so much from the various product launches that we've been able to do. And what's great about it is we've learned so much that now we're trying to figure out how to actually use those learnings to solidify the brand and the way we're going forward. Usually in some of the larger companies, you start with the brand strategy first and really nail it down, and then you build from there. What we're trying to do now is take put things out in market and kind of iterate and see how that starts to fold and help build the brand in a more meaningful way.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at Good Time now. It's a beautiful product and the the design is beautiful and I can I can see that the same brand ethos comes through. Are you trying to really sell this to the same clientele or is the goal here to build a new clientele?
1: We started by selling to the same clientele and that was the goal. And what we realize is The opportunity is to actually grow it on its own as a business in and of itself. And then therefore the clientele that good time would create, we could introduce who gives a crap to and vice versa. And so there are greater opportunities to cross sell and to help move consumers on their eco journey through various products. I think the original intent was very much to lean in on our core. And to a certain extent, that's still part of, part of our growth strategy. But at the end of the day, the real growth and the real impact that we're able to create in the world is going to be through scale. And so we want to use both brands to drive that scale.
0: Do you have the same marketing team doing Who Gives a Crap and Good Time, or do you keep it separate?
1: We have some separate and we have some shared. And we've learned a lot along the way. It's been harder to look at the shared services and balance prioritization between the two brands, especially given all that's happened this past year. And so it's required a lot more planning in order to more effectively leverage that. So and we also want them to run differently, we want good time to be more of a startup and try things and break things. Whereas who gives a crap is a nurtured brand for the last 10 years, and we want to protect how that comes to the world and and what that means for people so we're trying to build the systems that will enable both to work together but also enable them to operate independently in a way that they can grow their businesses
0: yeah, I think the shared services model versus individual brand owners is something I talk to a lot of CMOs about. And especially at the early stages, it it is a struggle because it's so tempting to say, oh, this person's great at SEO. Let's just have them do everything. But then as you said, then it comes down to priorities and are they gonna love one brand more than the other? And and then and how do you deal with that?
1: Yeah. And you want both to grow, right? But one is at a such a different stage. One is truly a startup. And it's first year being born, coming out into the world. And the other one is 10 years old and more like a teenager, you know, growing up. And so the needs and the expectations of both are different. And that's where we're still trying to figure out what that balance is to be able to service both effectively in the way that they need to be serviced.
0: So the other insight you shared was starting with purpose. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and how that sort of impacts your, your marketing
1: framework? Yeah. One of the things that I love about this company is it was designed from the get-go to donate 50% of its profits. And if you think about that, a lot of startups overinvest in growth, which means they will operate at a loss for many years in order to drive that growth. But because the model is donate 50% to wash initiatives and have that greater impact on the world, we've grown responsibly. And it's been quite intentional how we grow, how we ensure that we're driving profitability year over year in our growth. And so it's not grow at all costs. And that is a very different place than many of our competitors or emerging brands within the space where they can over invest to grow. And so in many respects, we have to grow smarter and we have to punch above our weight. And we have to think of every single element of the consumer touch point and that consumer journey to have an impact on getting them to go deeper with us as a brand. So that's been really, really interesting in terms of how we do our marketing, but also just in terms of the corporate culture that we're able to create. One of the great things about this place is we are a people first company and lots of companies will say that, but I've never been with a company that has spent so much time really thinking about people and the intentionality around what it means to provide a workplace where people are feeling good about their time. And so from every single hire we're looking for that same ethos and that same, I guess, center. Because it makes it easier to do all the hard things when you know at the core, everybody is is there for the right reasons and the same reasons.
0: Yeah, I didn't think about that perspective where you said, because we want to give half of our profits to charity, the idea that we have to have profits really kind of puts you on a different track from the beginning. Because as you said, startups and, and high growth companies can buy growth and rent growth for years. And mm-hmm. they can have huge revenue growth and then non-existent or, or profits or massive losses at the same time. But making profit one of your core objectives because that's how you give back really sets you on a different path from day one. And now, is that different from... The other companies, I mean, I can see obviously you've worked at large companies, it's a, it's a whole different ballgame. But did that kind of surprise you in terms of how that shows itself uh, on, on the, like a day to day or a, a quarter to, to quarter basis?
1: Absolutely. We're constantly making strategic calls of how we can invest for the long term, but not at the cost of what we need to deliver year over year. Mm-hmm. And those are very different choices that I would make, that we as an executive team would make because of that. And it's not necessarily a constraint because we don't feel it as a constraint, but they are parameters that keep us true to who we are as a business. And at the end of the day, we want to show that you can do good and be profitable because we want other businesses to do the same. And if we think about that, if we think about the scale that can come with that, if other businesses followed a similar philosophy and approach, the amount of good that we can do in the world is profound.
0: There are a lot of big company marketing folks that will be tuning into this podcast. And one of the things I'm curious about is, after spending I mean, well over a decade at at big brand name blue chip companies, and then going to a smaller, still... Big ish, but but a, a definitely a smaller company, not a publicly traded or a household name type business. What, what was the biggest thing that sort of surprised you? And also I'm curious why you made that change.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I mentioned earlier I'm a serial entrepreneur. And so this kind of fit my MO in terms of what I enjoyed doing, but why a smaller company versus a larger company? It was more about what the company was about. And it goes back to that business model so the business model is so unique and distinct and i haven't seen any other model like that i want to see it succeed i want to be part of driving that growth because i want to have other companies in the world do something similar so that's one two i was at a place where i have a daughter who's a teenager and she's making choices and i want her to see that it's okay and it's good to choose to do things that follow your, that are aligned with your values. And for me, I worked really hard in my career to be able to have choices. And I feel very fortunate to have this choice where I can say the time I'm gonna give to my work, to my craft, to my passion, I'm gonna do it in a way where I can also do add some greater good to the world
0: it's definitely the purpose of the company definitely has, has a higher index for you now than maybe it would have 15 or 20 years ago. Or, or maybe you didn't earn that ability to, to make this kind of choice that long ago, but, but now it's, it's higher up on your ranking.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I always say, different points in your career, different things matter. And it's always important to think about those things and ensure, ensure alignment between where your career is and where your needs are. And sometimes your needs change. Sometimes what you're doing in your career changes and there's misalignment. And those are the times you make the transition. This is very much aligned to where I am today and where the company is today.
0: Very cool. Well, it's such an awesome brand and uh, I've been following it for many years. So it's great to talk to you today. And I know a lot of people are going to learn from this podcast.
1: Thank you so much.
0: And thanks for being an awesome who gives a crap customer. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Modern Marketing. This podcast is brought to you by Influicity, empowering marketers to build customer communities that drive revenue. We create massive demand via social, influencer, content, paid media, and of course, podcast. Learn more at Influicity.com.